follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and good afternoon in the East Coast and good morning in the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin. This is the program that shows you how to turn your problems into solutions and your problems into opportunities and how to make your dreams come true. And today I have on a a man I've known for many, many years, a good friend and a pioneer in his work. My guest is John W. Travis, MD, MPH, who was known as Jack by his friends. He specialized in preventive medicine at John Hopkins University, founded the first wellness center in the United States in 1975, and co-authored several books, including the best-selling Wellness Workbook. He's probably best known for his Illness Wellness Continuum, which distinguishes wellness as a separate paradigm from the treatment paradigm. And he has a new book. He uh, was lauded as one of the founding fathers of wellness, and later became a parent and was shocked to discover how unprepared he was for coping with the emotional challenges of parenthood. His wife and colleague, Marin Callender, share the story of their confident plunge into parenthood, and the subsequent unraveling of that confidence. And the name of the book is Why Dads Leave. It reveals the cultural forces colliding that are colluding to create an unknowledged epidemic of disappearing dads, fathers leaving families, physically or emotionally, soon after the birth of a child. Welcome, Jack Travis. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, and I think the forces collide as well as collude. That's a good uh, addition yeah, to the yeah. And I know that your current interest is in learning, is really in alerting prospective parents about a phenomenon that you named male postpartum abandonment syndrome, MPAS. And it uh, frequently occurs when a poorly bonded man becomes a father. And a lot of these old conscious wounds come up. So let's, let's talk about this and about the book. Um, and then you and your wife now are no longer together, correct? Yes, we separated uh, about two years ago. Okay, and you wrote this book together. She did most of the writing. I did the research, editing, and publishing. Uh, publishing. Actually, she did most of the research, too. I'm, um, it came out of my experience actually 40 years ago with my first daughter, different wife back in the 70s, when um, I became a father reluctantly while I was still in my training at Hopkins. And very quickly discovered that I wasn't up for the job, got mm-hmm. into therapy, did a lot of work on myself, as did my wife at the time, reparenting, transactional analysis, and after two years still concluded that we were, just weren't meant to be together, and it led to the hardest 
decision of my life to leave my daughter at age two and a half. And that was the time when I came back to California to start the wellness center. So mm. out of that pain and uh, when I met Marin in, uh, in 79, neither of us had any interest in having children. It was 12 years later after we learned about the continuum concept that led to attachment parenting. And we saw a whole, it actually changed my career from adult wellness to infant wellness when I saw the mm. importance of how we create disconnection by how we raise kids and that it was mm. preventable. We then decided to have a child ourselves, which was 20 years ago. And uh, again, I went through a similar kind of experience. We stayed together, but it was extremely painful. Mm. And it was using myself as a laboratory that I figured out what I thought was going on and named it MPAS or male postpartum abandonment syndrome. syndrome. So, what do you, you know, think is the cause? What do you think is the cause of this, Jack? Yes, it, very simple terms. Um, most Americans don't realize how disconnected we are until you go to another culture. They can see it, but we can't. It's like fish in water. And it's gotten a lot worse. I, I believe that the currency of wellness is connection. So this disconnection is of prime interest to me in how it occurs. So you've got these young boys growing up that never connected with their mother because of hospital births and sleeping alone and, in my case, uh, formula feeding every four hours and I got hungry after three and being uh, uh, forced to cry it out in a crib carried around in lifeless plastic containers, treating babies like they aren't mammals, and we are mammals. So Mm -hmm. these disconnected boys grow up looking for the mommy they never connected with. If they're lucky, they find her and marry her, and they think everything's okay until she has a baby. And -hmm. even though she has similar wounds, she can connect with the baby from having carried it and hopefully nursing it in a way that no man can ever experience. So... Mm -hmm. While she's connecting and trying to do a job that it really takes a uh, whole village to do, I think it takes 3.87 adults per infant to adequately meet their needs, so do the math of the nuclear family. The guy usually has to go back to work and you know, provide the resources, and it's just too much for a couple. And it takes. All right, so, t- yeah, let me ask you a question. So for the dads who haven't had this, for the dads who are you know, stay in it for the long haul, they're very committed to their children. What is it that they have that these other dads don't have? Well, let me just back up a second and say, while about 30% leave physically, about 90% leave emotionally. And they may still be excellent dads, but their connection with their their wife is very uh, uh, strained. They throw themselves into their work or they take up uh, addictions, any number of things. There are so few who provide these examples that I don't even know. I'm, I'm guessing, well, no, I, yeah, I, do, I do know. The problem is it just isn't. It's, if they were profoundly connected as they were entitled to be as infants, and there are a few rare men around, I've met one or two, then it doesn't affect them the same way. They're not plunged into their old wounds because they don't have those old wounds. And they then can be fully functional. They still have the stresses of a nuclear family. of It's just too big of a load for any two people to do, and humans weren't designed to raise kids that way. Hopefully they've banded together and create some kind of extended family, or they have an extended family. We brought my mother-in-law over from Australia when Sienna was little. Um, there are ways that you can recreate the village, but it's both 
being connected as a as a child, having you know that, or doing work on yourself before you have babies or soon after mm-hmm. to heal the wounds. And I'm not sure if we can totally heal them, but we can certainly compensate for them and not be run by them. But that involves doing work on yourself, and a lot of not a lot of men are open to that. Um, often it will be at the insistence of their wife, but mm. healing Jack, the wounds you, will become more whole. Have you been doing workshops on this for dads? I've been doing talks, but not actual workshops. Uh, the book has what only been response, out a year. What kind of response are you getting from dads when you give a talk? Well, if they're dads that have been through it and have and know what we're talking about, they're like relieved. Oh my God, that's what happened. That makes sense. You know, it's like mm-hmm. a uh, a huge relief. But for dads that haven't been through it, that are just coming into fatherhood, they are they and their wives are in denial. It couldn't happen to me. It wouldn't you know? It's just not something that they want to consider. It's too threatening, and mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of acceptance either by the potential people that we'd like to prevent this from occurring, or the media. And fortunately, you, you saw the value of this and invited me on the show, but it's, it's a hard sell. You know, people don't want to hear about being wounded in a culture that is so disconnected that we don't even recognize it. So those are issues that um, are hard sell. The upside mm. is that um, we, once we recognize it, we can do something about it. You know, the, the truth will um, set you free, but first it may tick you off. So mm. going through that phase of, um, oh, my God, no, what are, yeah, what are Jack, we going to do? Jack, what are, would you say for the dad who seems very devoted, you know, the soccer games, the baseball games, mm-hmm. and is there as much as possible, and you feel may still be emotionally disconnected, what are the signs of that? Well, well on the outside, a, on the outside, it looks good, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's primarily going to be with his wife, and uh, I actually have a little questionnaire that uh, uh, shortly be on the website uh, fathermore dot net, and I'll ask. I'll just pull up. Um, didn't think about that. It's a good question to uh, uh, ask or say what some of the questions are. Um, if you feel because, because for many men, you know, it does look good. I mean, if you look around, or I look around at a lot of fathers around me, they seem devoted, they seem dedicated. Now, I have mm-hmm. not had conversations with their wives. Yeah, <laughs> and they in many cases, great... in many cases, they're not there a lot. That's yeah. true. They they can have a great connection with a kid, and that's wonderful. There are more and more men that are are participating as compared to our parents' generation, where they were much more separated. Uh, But they may have a lot of strain still with their their partner because there's just not enough energy to go around. It's it's not the man's fault. It's not the woman's fault. It's the culture that's destroyed the village. And that's what we've got to address is ways to connect Mm -hmm. together as as a tribe or a village or an extended family. And there are many... uh, And yet, Jack, in many big families... Isn't it true that it's almost the woman's role to do most of the raising because the dad is out there earning the money? Well, I'm thinking of extended families where there's aunts and uncles and grandparents and um, cousins and other siblings 
compared to a nuclear family with one or two kids where it all falls on the mother primarily because the dad's got to be out earning a living and the mom may be out working as well. That's the, the, the new way and the old way is so much better where there's lots of arms to hold the babies, there's lots of older kids to take care of the younger ones. It's a continuum of all ages. And now we separate to put the old people away in other places. I saw a guy on the street yesterday, uh, there's walker, and there was a little kid sitting on the seat of the walker. It was oh. like, uh, wow, why don't you see more of that? Yeah. So what? what's your suggestion? What do you say to dads who realize that there's a real problem connecting to their wives in terms of, um, you know, having this syndrome that you're yeah. mentioning? Well, it's to recognize, first of all, that they're missing something and having the courage to go get that. They're missing the connection. They're missing the the uh, fullness of their their being. They're just probably workaholics. And, um, and it's certainly been my drug of choice is to throw myself into work and they, then go out and do something about it. There are programs for men. I've always put in a plug for the Mankind Project, the New Warriors which is a, a replacement for the initiation that young adolescents should get, adolescent boys, and they do in every other culture, but we don't. You know, getting a driver's license is probably the, the best you'll get. Uh, a woman has her first period as a kind of marker, but even that isn't really acknowledged in this culture. And so this program, the Man Can Project, has developed a, a way of helping men get that sense of initiation and instead of just being little boys in big bodies competing and acting like little boys, um, really joining the, the fellowship of men. So any kind of work that you can do to expand yourself and to recognize the parts that w- of ourselves that aren't encouraged in this culture of our feelings and our inner, be- inner life, uh, it's all about work and accomplishment and material goals that uh, are very empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and as you said, that's part of the culture. Yeah, I mean, it is the, the culture. culture. The adult culture says the man goes to work and earns the money, and mm-hmm. you know somebody raises the kids, whether it's the wife or the wife works, and you get somebody else to do it. Yeah, and that's even worse. <laughs> kids yeah. don't even know their own parents. Right. So tell us about the book. The book is Why Dads Leave. It's quite an extensive book. Insights and resources for when partners become parents. So what's one of the major pieces in this book that you want as a takeaway for, for readers? Well, it first defines the problem. And using my experience with my two daughters as an example, then mm-hmm. looks at what other, you know, there are lots of other people who contributed to the book, mainly women. It was very hard getting any men to contribute <laughs> It was like pulling teeth. And with those personal examples, you get a sense of what the issues are. And then it looks at how to deal with it once you discover that's what's going on. And then the last section is how to prevent it in the next generation, which goes into attachment parenting, connection parenting, and the ways that we can raise a generation of kids that are resilient and and feel connected and don't have this uh, alienation that is so rampant in today's culture. Yeah, give so. us a couple of examples of something we can do to prevent this in future generations. Well, the first thing would be to recognize it. And if you don't recognize it, 
and uh, take ownership, then nothing will happen. And if you do that, and, and you're probably going to feel bad, you know, the truth will set you free, but first it may take you off, just be aware of the pain that uh, may come up in the first stages, but the rewards that come from moving past that are, are well worth it. So uh, undertaking some form of uh, personal growth, uh, therapy or um, workshops or finding a, a good friend who has the same thing and, and working as partners, there's co-counseling, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of peer-related ways of just deciding to get out of your rut and and be uh, be more of who you can be. And now, what that, would you what would you say to mothers and fathers before they're having children? Someone listening to this program who's about to have a child or plans to have a child. Yeah. What would you say to them? Well, look at the statistics. <laughs> the uh, the divorce rate is about fifty percent, and about two thirds of those occur within two or three years after a child is born. And if you think it could never happen to you. Um, you're pretty unusual, so you need to really consider whether there are some cracks that you could repair. There are some things you could do to <clears throat> make your relationship even better. You're probably feeling the best you've ever felt. Often that's the stage at which uh, at least a pl- planned pregnancy occurs. But mm. be aware of the incredible load that it is on two people to have a child and do everything you can to prepare yourself for having a community, finding relatives or friends or, um, you know, there's just no way that people can, who haven't lived through it, be adequately prepared for how much work it is and the fact that it was never designed to be two people. So if you go into it with eyes wide open, that helps. John, Jack, what do you mean it was never designed to be two people? Oh, that humans have always lived in extended families and tribes or villages, and the women often all worked together, and they gathered the bulk of the food in the hunter-gatherer cultures. The men went out hunting, but that was probably about 20% of the food. Women developed language out of... uh, the need to communicate with each other where the where the best herbs were to be found or the whatever was ripe. The men learned to be silent out hunting. You know, they it's a, interesting patterns of why men are the way they are and women are the way they are. Mm. Men often had a lot more sense of brotherhood, like uh, in the Southwest, the Kivas of the Pueblo Indians, uh, where the men had their own club. In Australia, where I live much of the year, uh, men have a shed in the back, sort of their their cubby house, and they'll hang out in their shed and have their own space. But when you're isolated in in nuclear families, this isn't enough to take care of two or three kids. So it really means that that, uh, we're in a, a strange new territory in the last few generations trying to do it alone. It happened when we migrated to the cities and lost the the connection with our roots. And then you start having corporations move people around every couple of years so they don't even stay in the same place. It's so a highly Jack, unnatural it, place. Right. But if that's the way our society is run, particularly in America, what's the best that couples expecting children or wanting children can do? 
you said extended family, try to be around grandparents, extended yeah. families. What else can they do as a couple to also maintain their own relationship? Well, many do this uh, well, um, for their relationship. I was thinking of, of for the load on uh, childbearing, which or child rearing, which is finding other couples with young kids and sharing uh, uh, play days and things like that. But as a couple, um, probably something like marriage counseling, even though you may not think you need it, it was probably the uh, the hardest area for me to maintain. Uh, a sense of connection with my wife with all this going on, particularly when she is so drawn to, you know, has the natural bond with the child mm. and is mm. so full-on overloaded. That, all right, uh, so, so let me ask you now, fasting for, fast forward here, where you're separated but you still maintain a good friendship with your ex-wife. How, what do you say to couples who are going through this and then separate now the child is with the mother or the dad. What advice do you give? Well, in, in our case, uh, Sienna had left home, and um, she was 18 when we separated. So with couples that separate when the child's still um, young, the, the, the standard advice you know, makes perfect sense is you don't badmouth the other parent. You don't treat them right. with uh, disrespect. You... Because the child is going to automatically think it's their fault. It's just they're wired that way. It's it's devastating. So the the better the couple can maintain their friendship, uh, their connection, um, even if living together isn't isn't uh, viable, um, doing things together when possible. Um, now, what about in your case where the child is now almost an adult? Well, uh, I'm in the States, and, and she's in Australia, and, and Sienna's moved back and forth. She's lived in Virginia and California. Now she's back in Australia, so uh, we're not together. So um, I saw Sienna when she was here, and now she's there. And, um, she's finding her own way, and, and it's time for her to separate, it has been, for, you know, to create her own life, so... Um, I'd like to be with her more than she'd like me to be with her. <laughs> and, uh, so she divides her time. She spends time with both of you when she can. Of course, a continent is is separating you as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and she's also just really trying to find herself and, and not wanting to have parents um, hmm. breathing down her neck. And <laughs> so you gave her a very good foundation, John, because you were with her for a good part of those parenting years. Yeah, well, we um, we homeschooled her for the first five years and um, <clears throat> gave her um, met her early mammalian needs of carrying her and uh, slept mm. with us and all of the uh, aspects of connection parenting. That's another resource I want to mention is connectionparenting.com is uh, okay. a great way. The the book that Pam Leo wrote and uh, there's a uh, interview of Pam, it's a free download on the ATLC website, the Alliance for Transforming the Lives of Children, or ATLC.org, which was a creation that uh, 13 of us put together over a five-year period. We put 10,000 hours into developing the missing mm. instruction manual for kids mm. and uh, researched it and put it together as the blueprint for uh, transforming the lives of children. 
So. All right, let me just say something because we have about three minutes left. I want to talk about your book, Why Dads Leave, Features and Synthesizes the Groundbreaking Work and Insights of Many People, John Bowlby, M.D., Mary Ainsworth, Ph.D., Joseph Chilton Pierce, Gene Lightoff, Frederick LeBoyer, M.D., Kyle Pruitt, M.D., James Prescott, M.D., Michelle Oden, M.D., and many others. And there's a lot of research in this book that talks about why we need yeah. to father, right, mm-hmm. preparing for pregnancy and birth, after the birth, growing together and apart, addressing legacy of unmet needs, and healing and preventing wounds. So it's very comprehensive, Jack. Yes, quite. Uh, Marin did a fabulous job of pulling so many things together. Mm. All right. What are your closing thoughts for our listeners? Tell us about how they can get the book, and what's your message to our listeners today? Yes. Well, you can get the book at whydadsleave.com. There's links there. My project is in getting the word out. I'm doing under the the name of Project Fathermore. That's fathermore.net. And it's just getting off the ground, but I'm going to be working with a colleague in collecting stories of men that are reappearing, how dads reappear. The epidemic of disappearing dads is the problem. The solution is the reappearance of dads. Mm. We're going to collect stories of men as to what were the conditions that led to them reappearing and okay. go through the healing process. Very good. Uh, My whole thing is uh, the currency wellness is connection, and anything we can do to enhance connection with ourselves, each other, our kids, that's the key. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program, Jack. My pleasure, Patricia, and thank you. Yeah. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. The book is Why Dads Leave, Insights and Resources for When Partners Become Parents by Marin G. Callender. Contributions by John W. Travis, Jack Travis, who's on the phone with me now. And remember, folks, uh, tell us the website again, Jack. WhyDadsLeave.com. Okay. All right, folks, remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 